Hello and welcome to the Project U podcast. I'm your host, Leighton Collins. Um, I've just about got my voice back from being a little bit poorly. So every time we get together, we have a little think about careers, we think about um, certain job sectors, and most importantly, we think about you. There's always a shorter two-minute version if you've only got a couple of minutes to spare on the fly. Um, I just want to say as well, before we get into it, a massive thank you for all the positive feedback I've had and people who've been listening. So thank you. I do hope you stick around and continue to um, share this with your friends and share it on your socials and all that kind of stuff. This week, we are going to look at the topic of time. Let's get into it. Twenty nine thousand five hundred and fifty. What is that? Is that the average annual salary in the UK? Maybe it's the capacity of the glorious Hillsborough Football Stadium. Maybe it's the number of pairs of shoes that my wife owns. Twenty nine thousand five hundred and fifty days. That's the average number of days that we can expect to live in the UK. Uh, so the current life expectancy for a UK adult is 80.9 years or 29,550 days or even perhaps more stark 709,170 hours. So the NHS recommends that uh, an adult needs seven to nine hours of sleep a day so we'll go in the middle and we'll go with eight hours sleep. Now, some of you might feel that that's quite luxurious and you would love eight hours of sleep, but we'll go with that as an average, as a statistic. So if we look at one week, one week translates into 168 hours. So 56 hours of sleeping leaves us with 112 hours left over when we're awake. 40 hours on average at work. Uh, I checked out the average UK commute time, which is apparently just under one hour return trip just about under 30 minutes each way um, so around about 45 hours of work related stuff leaves us with 67 hours 67 hours a week so let's kind of round that up a little bit and say it's just under 10 hours a day that you've got left to play with now that sounds like quite a lot 10 hours great I've slept and I've worked and I've got 10 hours to do anything that I want to do but we need to throw in cooking and eating a few meals through the day, cleaning the house, having a shower, getting dressed, going to the store, doing the shopping, all those aspects of just daily or kind of weekly, but daily personal care, daily kind of housemen and just life. Big chunks of time have gone, have been accounted for there. Throw in some hobbies, um, going out, going to the gym, doing sport, going to the cinema, uh, music, anything that you might do at home, you've probably used that bit of time that's left. And that's assuming that you don't have those delightful time sponges that are children. So time is ticking, it is ticking away. And even as we look at those figures, you might not relate to them. Like I say, eight hours of sleep might be an absolute dream. Uh, maybe you live alone and therefore you're doing all of that stuff to keep the house afloat. You do the shopping, you do the cleaning, you sort out the kids if you've got them. You do literally everything. Maybe your commute is further than that and you're doing a three-hour round trip. Maybe kids. Um, I want us to really think about work as we're thinking about time. So a really crude and simple way would be to split the day 
uh, into three parts, eight hours of sleep, eight hours of work and eight hours of me time. Now that me time obviously includes getting ready for work and traveling to work and meals and things like that. Um, I used to joke with a, a work colleague that I spent more time with him than I do with my own family. But that's actually true. We used to work together in the same office and we spent eight hours a day together. We would have lunch together, have, have break time together and stuff like that. Um, my kids, I would pick up and then we'd have the evening and they would go to bed at bedtime. And I had less than eight hours a day with my kids. So I'm spending more time with this work colleague than I am with my own children. If I stay up a little bit later, I'm spending more time with my partner than I am with um, my work colleague, perhaps. But it's a close call. There's an old cliche out there, um, which is a, a quote, which has been... Um, attributed to Mark Twain or Confucius, no one's quite sure where it comes from, but it's this, find a job you love and you will never have to work a day in your life. Famous quote that we've heard. Perhaps something of a cliche, actually. Um, and if you think about it, is it true? <laughs> Would you actually rather spend time at work, even a job that you like or a job that you love, something that you enjoy? Or would you rather be on that beach in the sun, in the sunshine, uh, with your friends, with your family, diving in the pool, or maybe sitting by the fire in your favourite chair, reading that new book that you've wanted to get around to, or maybe on the terrace at the football match cheering your team on. Would you rather do those things than be at a job, even though it's a job you like? I'm not sure that quote actually is about leisure versus work. You know, do something you love and you won't need leisure anymore because you love what you're doing for your employment and I have seen it used that way that because it's a job that you like it's okay that it squeezes out your personal time your family time your leisure time because you do a job that you feel called to or you feel has an impact on society or just you enjoy it you might end up in a job um, a really demanding job time-wise working 50 60 hours a week maybe something like teaching you know they're the kind of hours that are involved in teaching 60 hours a week maybe something in healthcare a doctor or a nurse working shifts so that work although you love it and although i'm assuming a teacher loves what they're doing and if they hate it they perhaps need to reassess what they're doing with their lives so you love what you're doing you're inspiring young people you're working alongside like-minded people you are um looking after the future of society aren't you you're working in a school and you are fanning that flame of the next generation so you love it and that sets a little fire in your belly but it does come at an expense of your me time that time that you might spend with your family and maybe that's okay for you um that colleague of mine the, the guy who i saw more than my family and certainly more than my kids i really like him he's a brilliant bloke and that time with him was good that job was good the thing that i did was good the impact that it had on that i was in a school so the impact it had on the young people i was working with was good i found a job was a good job a job that i loved and a job that was deeply rewarding and i still need some downtime 
I still need a holiday. I still need to enjoy the weekend with my family and with my friends, despite having a job that's really good. When I was younger, I've worked jobs that I wouldn't quite describe as good, jobs that I'm not looking forward to, maybe jobs where I am looking at the clock and going, oh, only half an hour left till I can clock off and go home. So even when we find a job that's really good, it's not that we just abandon all of our leisure time. During the time that I had for work, it didn't always feel like work. It didn't always feel hard. It sometimes felt like fun. It sometimes felt like, and it still does, you know, it feels like I'm making a difference. I'm doing something I enjoy with my time as I'm traveling to work or sitting down or whatever, logging onto the computer. I'm like, brilliant. Here we go. Let's go do some stuff. Now, there are hard days. There are difficult moments. There are tears that go with that laughter. But a good job is something that you love and can be really worthwhile because you're going to throw eight hours a day at it. So you think back to that how much time you've actually got, 29,550 days. Now that's from birth to death. So you'll be a kid and then you'll be in school and then you'll be at wherever, college, university, whatever. And then obviously they'll hopefully become a time when you're retired and you've got a, a fair little run at being a retired non-worker. But that big chunk in the middle, that's a lot of time that you're working and it's a lot of eight hours a day and a lot of 40 hour weeks or wherever we might be. But it's not necessarily about finding something that we love. You want to enjoy it. You want to love it. But I think the better word would be purpose. Find a job that gives you purpose. Find a job that you you get out of bed and you go, come on then, let's have another go at it. I'm going to make a difference. There is purpose. It, this is a purposeful life I am living. And look how far you've come. Genuinely, I'm not just kind of saying that to stick it on a, a motivational mug or a tea towel, but look how far you've come. So I've no idea what stage of your life you're at right now or what age you are. When I'm talking about purpose, that can feel a little bit, it could leave you feeling a little bit flat, particularly if you're in a moment in your career where things aren't quite going to plan. But look where you've come from. Look at the barriers that you've overcome. Look at the opportunities that you've been able to take. I think a really useful thing to do, I'm going to stick a little jingle in to give you like five seconds or so to think, but genuinely have a think about this. If you could somehow magically go back in time and meet yourself as a teenager, age 12 or 14 or 16 or 18 or whatever, and you could kind of coach that young person with the wisdom that you've now got you could mentor them you could give them that bit of advice and I don't just mean you know stick a bet on Leicester to win the Premier League or make sure you don't go on a date with that person but something more significant what like genuinely what would you say if you could sit with yourself for 30 minutes and coach that young person what is the wisdom what is the advice because actually you're at a moment in time right now and you from 20 years in the future could impart fantastic wisdom to you right now. Sounds a little bit kind of surreal, but that's where that sense of purpose might come in. And that might be the thing that you need at this moment in time to look back and hope and look forward with kind of hope in your in your eyes and your heart. So I'm going to stick a little jingle in that will buy you five seconds and then we'll move on. I want you to think about this. 
suppose you won the lottery. Now, I don't play the lottery, so it's going to be a miracle if I win it. But suppose you win the lottery. It's 100 million quid. It's a, a multi, multi rollover and the jackpot is huge and you've won it. Fantastic. You never have to worry about money again, nor do your kids and nor do their kids if they come. Um, you've just been given freedom from that little ticket. You've been given freedom of choice more money than you need, more money than you're going to spend. Well, you could have a go at it, but I would hope that you wouldn't manage to plough through 100 million quid. You can go off, travel in the world, take your friends with you and enjoy those beaches. You can sit by that fire and read that book. You could probably buy your own football team, never mind go and cheer them on. Uh, but eventually, eventually some form of work will likely come back into your life. Now, I know people often joke about the lottery winners who go, oh, I'm not going to give up my job. But actually, if that job is something that gives them purpose, hey, I'm a carer and the team I work with are my friends as much as family. And the difference I make to our clients, it just I can't buy that feeling. Do you know what I mean? So if I'm doing something where I have purpose and enjoyment, I can kind of see that. Now, I would probably want to take a pause. I would probably want to buy myself a nice big TV and a new car and maybe move house and all that stuff and go on around the world, you know, adventures and things like that. I'd want to enjoy some of this money. But I can see why people say, I'm not sure I'd give up work, particularly if you're younger and that's potentially looking down the line of 50, 60 years of, well, I'm never going to do anything. What am I about? What am I here for? I think the freedom that that would bring would mean that eventually some form of work, and I use that word very loosely, I don't even necessarily mean employment, but some form of work will likely come back into your uh, lottery winning life. But it's now on your terms. You're not worried about the salary. You're not worried about the hours. You're not worried about racing back from work to collect the kids from childcare. You're not worried about how much leave you get because oh, I desperately want to have enough time to take that holiday in the summer. So maybe you would set up your own charity to help others, something that you're passionate about, something that when you get talking with friends, that's the topic of conversation. Maybe you'd start a business and it could lose money because that's not why you're in it, but it brings joy to you and maybe to the customers and maybe to the community that's why you're in it. Maybe it would be about helping others. Maybe um, you've had a difficult upbringing and you've had to fight to get where you are and suddenly this big bag of money, you could help others. Um, you could kind of you know, lower that ladder and help people up, if you will. Maybe your money would be something that's exciting to you and you would be investing and having a business in that sense so that your money's trying to make more money um that thrill of the chase even actually that that thrill of a business being successful even if it's not being massively profitable you know it's not a case of just bang all that money in a high saving account and let the money earn money it might be the what you do with that money so all this might sound a little bit crazy but uh, with money, taking care of all of our requirements and releasing that time, maybe we would eventually get bored of sitting on beaches, reading books and watching the football. That's where that sense of purpose would come in, I think. That purpose is different for everybody. What about you? 
that lottery win. You've done traveling. You're not bored of traveling. You're obviously going to do it again at some point, but you've done it. You've done that big round the world trip. You've spent two months here and a week there, and you've been up that tourist attraction. You've got your photo on that thing. So everything you wanted to do, you've done. And you'll do it more and you'll go visit places and you'll always have a nice warm holiday. You've bought those cars, you've got those, that big house, you've got that shiny new thing, whatever it is that you enjoy and you kind of look at in the, in the shop or on the internet at the minute going, oh, if only I had enough money, that's what I'm saving up for. When you get to that point, I would imagine you would realize that money is not the goal. It's the freedom from poverty or the freedom from fear of not having enough. That I would suggest is more likely the the end game, the pursuit. What would you do with all that money? Would you help others? Would you set up a community fund to regenerate part of your city? Um, I live quite close to a run of, of shops, like a kind of old high street kind of place. Um, and there's some really cool little independent places. Now, if I had a load of money, 100 million quid, I might well knock on the door of those shops and say, what's your business plan? How could you take it to the next level? Because that's going to reinvigorate the neighborhood I live in and I'm going to benefit from it, as are all the other people around me. So maybe I'd do something like that. Would I support those who are less well off? Like I say, if you struggled growing up and you don't want to see other people struggle, you set up some kind of I don't know, trust fund or something and you help people. Um, you help that single parent. You help that disadvantaged kid. You help that person with a good idea who just needs a startup fund to get that business off the ground. Maybe you would set up that business and maybe that feels like a massive risk right now. If you had that lottery money, it wouldn't be as big a risk. You don't have that lottery money. But what's the idea that if you had the freedom, you'd pursue it? Is it your own coffee shop surrounded by friendly chatter, comfy chairs, good books, great coffee? Maybe it makes money. Maybe it makes a lot of money. Maybe it just scrapes by. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe you'd uh, maybe you're a creative person and you would love to create art or you'd love to design your own clothes or that kind of thing some kind of stuff that you were really passionate about when you were younger passionate about when you were at school but you didn't really see the pound signs in it so you kind of thought nah we'll leave that let's think back to time so rather than money as we get kind of you know, it's a nice little silly thought process isn't it you know winning the big bucks and what would I do with it and, you know, you might well be really generous and go around paying off people's debts and, hey, I'm going to pay off your mortgage. And why? Well, because I'm kind and because I care. And if the shoe was on the other foot, I would hope someone would help me. You know, that kind of thing. But back to time rather than the money. What is stopping you doing these things now? Is it time? Is it that I'm so busy that I just I can't even stop? in order to reposition myself and set things in process and have a think and plan for this change. I just haven't even got the time to make the change, never mind my do. Is it we're right down to the line financially? You know, what if it goes wrong? I've got this cool idea. I've got the, the coffee shop idea. Um, but what if it doesn't work? I don't, I can't afford for it to fail. I can't afford to lose money. I haven't got money to lose. I can't even afford to put money in. So I can't even get it off the ground. Is there some of that fear? Because it would be the fear of the unknown. 
if I'm going to spend my time differently. Now, this might not even be your work eight hours. This might be some of your playtime, your me time. What am I going to do to set up a little, um, as the students in school or I used to work with it, would call it like a side hustle or a little side job. I'm going to, I'm going to work, but I'm going to have this little thing that I'm going to do on the side. I'm going to make a, a few quid. And if it blows up, then brilliant, we'll go with that. And if it doesn't, then you know, we'll keep it bubbling along. If it starts to lose money or cost me, then we'll just kill it and it's done. But is there some fear in that? Jobs are really funny. It's just a job title. It's just something you stick at the bottom of your email or if you're lucky enough, stick on your office door or on your name badge or whatever. I am a teacher. I am a nurse. I am an engineer. I am a barber. I'm not a charity founder. I'm not a coffee shop owner. I'm not an entrepreneur. You know, work maybe has become my identity. So I'm not me. I am that job role. And the notion of being a different job role means I have to take down part of my identity in order to rebuild it. Do I have time for that? Am I scared to do that? Is that where fear is coming back in? Let's think about time. Just under 30,000 days, isn't it, is a good lifetime. And it is a good lifetime, 81 years almost. You know, that's not bad. How will you spend them? How many have you already spent? And as I ask that second question, I don't want to fill you with regret. Um, you shouldn't feel any regret. I've already spent more than, more than half of my allocated 81 years. Um, I've already spent... But I am where I am and I am the person that I am because of where I, I've been. Um, the days I've already spent have, have molded me into who I am and refined me and made me who I am in this moment, in this place. The same for you. It's more about the road that, laid, that lay ahead of us that matters. Um, there's a, an old quote that I really, really like and it is, no man stands in the same river twice, for he is neither the same man and it is not the same river. So we can't live in the past. We can't live in regret either because the water has flown by and the water that I once stood in a year ago is now out in the sea and this is a fresh river running over me. But I'm not the same man that I was a year ago. So as I stand in that fresh water, I'm a fresh man to break it down. I think it was uh, Heraclitus or something like that. But it's an interesting quote. We shouldn't have regret. We can learn from our past and that can kind of refine the choices we make for the future. But we shouldn't regret what's happened because we can't change it. We can only change what's ahead. So is change needed? When might it come? Are we talking about medium term thinking? Are we talking about long term thinking? I'm not telling you to go and quit your job tomorrow and buy a coffee shop. But if the coffee shop were the thing that you're like, that's what I want to do. I'm just, I'm scared and I'm skinned and I'm tired. Begin to take those barriers down. You know, how can you save a little bit of money each month or whatever? When will it come to pass? Who will you bring on board? What can you do about that fear? And when would you take the plunge? So don't say... <laughs> I listened to this podcast and I've decided to change my life and give everything up right now this second. You obviously need to think about that and you need to take that through a, a process of thinking and discuss with, with others would be a wise way to do that. And as the 
the stuff I mentioned previously about goal setting, break it down. So the idea of being a wealthy, successful coffee shop chain owner and being like Mr. Costa or Mr. Starbucks or whatever, that's too big. Break it down into things that are digestible. But right now, you don't have a hundred million quid. And if you do, please send me some. Um, but time is an asset that you have. And you can ask yourself, how will you use that? And when will you use it? And why will you use it? And remember as well, when you stand still, time is still moving. And we catch ourselves from moment to moment going, you see a friend's kid who you've not seen for a few years, you know, you've lost touch and you get back and say, wow, you've grown. You were tiny when I saw you before. Or you bump into an old friend from school or from a, a kind of long lost chapter of your life. And you're flipping heck. It was, what was it? 20 years that we were in that group together. Wow. So it's like yesterday. Time keeps moving. So how can we best make use of time? Make plans. Have a think. Write stuff down. Chop it down into short term, medium term, long term and make a goal. Make a big, scary headline that you can't actually achieve really easily. Write it down. Break it down into things that you can tick off. Make a list. Write it down. Put the, Use your phone. Use your phone. It's fantastic. Plan out your days. Block, block out time. Set reminders, daily little snippets to remind you to keep focus on that, whatever it is that we're pursuing. And if you need more time, if you are tired and low on time, there is actually something you can do about that. So I saw, um, I think I read a thing from someone who was very busy, but very kind of economically well off. You know, they'd done well and they were wealthy. Now, whether that's happy is another conversation for another day. but they said, I'm really busy. And if I needed to block out an hour every day to do this thing, I can't, I don't have a spare hour. But what I have got is five minutes here, two minutes there, 30 seconds there, 10 minutes there, little bits of kind of dead time while you're waiting for something or while you're moving from one thing to another. Think about how much time we spend. I'm not being judgy here, but think about how much time we spend scrolling through social media just in the hope that something gives us the tiniest chuckle think about how much time we sit in front of the tv when we could probably turn it off one show earlier and not worry about what's coming up next because what's coming up next is a load of rubbish i've just watched the show i wanted to watch turn it off and you've just bought yourself 20 minutes before you need to do the next thing there are little pockets of time through your day that if you can find them and identify them you can grab them and put them to use. I want to learn French. I could sign up to a two-hour evening class that I need to commit to. Where am I going to fit that into my day? Who's going to watch the kids? When am I going to do it? Which day is it? No, I'm busy that evening. Or I can do five minutes a day on an app on my phone, and at least that's getting me somewhere, and I'm beginning to learn French. Do you see? So there are ways to find more. So final top tips three things i guess with time regret nothing you cannot go back in time um as as wonderful as back to the future is and it's one of my favorite films you can't go back in time and change what has happened that has created the context that you now stand in you might have some kind of oh i wish i'd done it differently but it's made you who you are 
plan well, steal back those little moments of time, those bigger moments, give up that thing that's not productive and find the things that give you life. And suddenly you'll be like, yeah, I've got some time. And finally, dream. If you like, seriously, if you have a minute, sit down and imagine that you've won that hundred million quid and almost kind of think, what would I do? Maybe even write stuff down, right? I'm going to have a 10 million pound trust fund here. I'm going to do that. And you you don't have a hundred million quid, but it's that dreaming process that somewhere in there, as you sift through your thoughts, will be little nuggets of gold and they might be what sticks that if I had the money, I would do this. Well, I've got the time, so I'll just see how far into that thing I can get. And maybe I need to go to the bank. Maybe I need to get someone on board. Maybe we need to crowdfund, whatever. But that's what I would do if money was removing my worries. It's worth thinking about. Don't be afraid to dream. Okay, we are out of time. So thank you so much for listening. Again, thank you for all the feedback and everything that people have been uh, generously giving. Do continue to um, share, to um, give us a like, give us a review, whatever. I think that'll bump us up the listings on the various podcast platforms. Till next time, thank you very much. Mm -hmm.